the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, it's the countdown to Election Day, and uh, we are going to be um, putting the candidates on the couch. And um, I've done that somewhat in the past, but, you know, um, this has been a tough road to hoe because people who are for Obama are like little kids. Um, remember how when you were a kid, maybe you didn't do it, but certainly your friends or the bullies or somebody did it who you knew. When they didn't want to hear something, they would put their hands, their thumbs in their, in their ears and uh, wave their fingers and go, na 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 and um, just not want to hear what you're saying. Now, of course, my listeners are much more open-minded than that. Um, but, you know, this is so true about Obama. It was, we saw this for, as an example, uh, at the Saddleback Church. For those people who saw that on television or were there or um, heard about it after, well, hearing about it afterwards, you got sort of uh, uh, the truth filtered through the writers or the commentators' uh, opinions, you know, biases. I mean, <laughs> and to be clear, Certainly, um, I am, lest, lest anyone have any, any questions left, um, I am certainly a staunch McCain supporter for many reasons, and Saddleback certainly uh, uh, confirmed that for me. Um, when you saw how they each answered it, there really shouldn't be a question in anyone's mind left after that. But indeed, there are. And um, my guest today will hopefully, um, so take your fingers out of your ear, because... <laughs> My guest today has some um, really uh, sizzling uh, things to tell you about Obama. He has been doing research. He's written a book that is really um, just hot off the presses. It's just come out. It's called Obama Unmasked, Did Slick Hollywood Handlers Create the Perfect Candidate? So that's what we're going to be talking about today from political consultant Floyd Brown. And uh, welcome to the show, Floyd. Carol, it's great to be with you. And, uh, boy, we've got a lot to talk about here in the, the heart of the Democrat convention and uh, with this campaign gearing up to full speed. Yes, absolutely. And, and is that what you've found, too, as far as, um, you know, when I was describing people, a lot of people are like little kids, you know, not wanting to hear the truth? Just wanting to believe in this uh, in this illusion of hope. I mean, we all want hope. We all want change for the better. But really, um, I'm sure you. I, I don't know if you were at Saddleback, but I'm sure you watched it. What did you think? Yeah, no, I watched uh, every minute of Saddleback, and my conclusion was exactly spot on with yours. And that was, how could you even? have a question after watching the difference uh, between these two candidates. Uh, first of all, you're absolutely correct. There 
is an illusion, uh, and the illusion is the result of packaging. Uh, the Democratic Party has had a hard time electing presidents, and so they have set about, they set about um, creating what I think is their perfect candidate. And, and, and to do that, they had to take a blank slate. So they took somebody that didn't have much of a record. I mean, he's only been in the Senate for a little over three years, and, and uh, he, he has very little experience. And he's running as the biography candidate. Uh, he doesn't say, elect me Barack Obama because I've got all of this experience. Instead, he says, elect me because of what I represent. Um, my mom was on welfare. Um, you know, I, I'm the product of a mixed-race family. I am the solution to our problems. It's all about who he is, not what he's done, or even, to some extent, about what he believes. And uh, what what... I felt early on, and this is back uh, in January and February when he was battling it out in the primaries with Hillary Clinton, um, was that uh, the mainstream media had taken a powder. They accepted the Barack Obama uh, biography as he presented it, as his handlers presented it, and uh, they didn't go to verify it. So uh, myself and Lee Troxler co-wrote the book with me, we said, you know what, we, we want to dig deeper. We want to look under the veneer and find out, is this story true? So we started to look into the biography of uh, Barack Obama, and what we found out is it's all packaging. There's no substance there. He is not who he says he is. And uh, so uh, that's kind of where we began. And, and the mainstream media has done a terrible job of vetting him as a candidate. And, uh, you know, in our political process, in, in, in a democracy, we rely on the press to be our watchdog. Yes. And they've done a very terrible job in this particular uh, instance. Yes, it has been incredibly frustrating um, to see how he can do no wrong. I mean, I don't know, it might be changing a little bit now, but... Um, because I think I think a lot of people were surprised to see the difference uh, in how he was off his speech. I mean, you know, when he has his uh, speech memorized or or the teleprompter right there or his paper in front of him, you know, he 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 certainly is eloquent. But take that away, and the emperor has no clothes. And that's the way he will be. Uh, in as many um, opportunities to, between now and November as possible. That's why they've minimized the number of debates. Uh, early on, he said, I would meet John McCain anywhere, any place, and have a debate. Well, all of a sudden, once he had won the uh, nomination or secured the nomination, uh, he changed that. We're going to only do this, the three mandatory debates. Uh, and uh, they like him best in the controlled environment of a speech with a teleprompter. And that's what you'll see on Thursday night. Everything will be controlled. The crowd will be, you know, his supporters. They will be, um, you know, applauding and giving standing ovations and excited and enthused. Um, but it's not, uh, it's, not, it's not a reality. It, it's just a staged production for the benefit of America. Well, I'm going to want to get into how you went about, you know, um, 
I guess you were like a team of a National Enquirer, <laughs> a two a two man National Enquirer. Um, well, we, we 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 more like to think of ourselves like sixty minutes, forty eight <laughs> hours. We're, 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 digging, we're digging for the truth, not for the. Uh, well, look at uh, hey, look at what happened with Edwards. Sometimes the National Enquirer it isn't always bad. Um, no. You know, before we get into that, though, I just wanted to to mention one one of the things that I found the most egregious in uh, at Saddleback. Um, I was there actually; it was an incredible experience. Um, but one of the things that he said that was sort of unbelievable that you know it was like, did he just say that? Um, he was asked a question. And I don't remember what the question. Oh, it was. I think I don't know if it was about his view on abortion, but anyway, his answer was, um, "That's above my pay scale." Yeah, and that and that to me is so significant because if I, as an individual, didn't know when life began, and basically he said uh, he was saying, you know, I don't know when life begins. Uh, it may begin at conception. It may begin later. I don't know. If you believed like that, wouldn't you error? on the side of life, if, if, if it might be life at conception, wouldn't you want to protect it? But the, 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 the uh, I don't know, I guess the hardness uh, that, that he's saying, you know, I don't know when it begins, and I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, let's just abort the babies anyway. Yes. I, I mean, well, to me, that but, was the height of arrogance. Well, yes, but, but okay, I, that's interesting that you saw it like that. I actually saw it a different way. Um, not so much in terms of what the specific question was, but more like here he's running for the office of the President of the United States. There shouldn't be anything above his pay, a pay scale. What is he going to do when the moment of truth comes, you know, in terms of uh, uh, nuclear warfare and so on, or, or tensions that are building in the world, you know, each day it gets worse. And what is he going to do? Say, well, I don't know the answer to this, you know, at three in the morning. This, that's above my pay scale. Like, who is supposed, who is above him, you know, in terms of responsibility? Well, I, I, you know, that's a great way to look at it also. And I think you're spot on. I mean, it's just, uh, he's not that experienced. I think fundamentally, uh, he, he may be a great guy. Uh, he may, uh, you know, have done some, some, Good things as an organizer or what have you, but uh, he, he's definitely not mature enough and not ready to be president of the United States and to control those nuclear footballs. Well, let's get into some of the things that you found. I mean, this must have been a very interesting um, voyage, you know, to to. I mean, I guess it really was because, interestingly enough, I had a positive impression of him hmm. um, for before a couple of different start- reasons when, when, before I started. Uh, first of all, I, I really didn't like the Clintons um, and uh, had a negative impression of Hillary Clinton when it all started. So uh, because he was, you know, challenging Hillary, uh, you know, I kind of uh, was positive towards him because of that. But as I started to get underneath the surface, uh, uh, I almost immediately found things that I didn't like. Okay, and so a lot of it has to do with what I will call a pattern of deception. Uh-huh. Uh, as you start to look at his biography, what you find out is that he's not who he says he is. I mean, one of the things he says repeatedly is, I'm a product of Kansas values. Well, he, he has virtually no connection with Kansas except for 
the fact that uh, some of his relatives traveled through Kansas on their way west. Well, I have that same connection <laughs> to Kansas. Um, uh, and a lot of people, a lot of us that live out west uh, have that connection with Kansas. We had relatives that traveled through there. What he was trying to do by that is have people conjure in their mind what they think Kansas values yes. are. First of all, his mother uh, was, a, was an atheist, and to me that doesn't sound like Kansas values. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, um, his uh, mother was a Marxist, uh, and his father was a Marxist, and uh, those are not Kansas values, at least according to uh, uh, what I think or according to what I think most Kansans would think. Mm-hmm. So, so the minute you start to look at him, what you see is he, he uses that phrase, Kansas values, because nobody can really pin down what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, his Kansas values are diametrically opposed to what, most people in their mind would think of the conservative values from the heartland of Kansas. Yes. Well, let's, um, I mean, is that where you started? Like, did you literally travel to Hawaii or travel to? I did. I, li- I literally traveled to Hawaii. And uh, one of the first revelations that we make in the book is that at about the time of the Cuban Missile Crisis, his father attended a very large um, uh, protest with communists. All right, we need to take a break, but we'll kind of, uh, I love leaving it on a cliffhanger. I'm sure this is the beginning of many revelations. So you've got to stay tuned. We're um, talking today with Floyd Brown. He is a political consultant and the author of the new book, Obama Unmasked. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today with Floyd Brown. Um, He is a political consultant. He's the president of the National Campaign Fund, and he's a media commentator. You may well have seen him on all the major networks. And um, we are talking today about his new book called Obama Unmasked, Did Slick Hollywood Handlers Create the Perfect Candidate? And before uh, the break, we left on a uh, cliffhanger um, where Floyd was telling us about how he had gone to uh, uh, Hawaii, uh, the scene of... (laughs) The scene of Obama's childhood, not um, not Kansas, and uh, started discovering some interesting things about how he isn't what he pretends to be. So continue where you left off, please. Well, uh, first of all, uh, his father was uh, Barack Hussein Obama Sr., and his father, just to give you a, like a family tree, yes. uh, was born on the shores of Lake Victoria in Kenya, uh, and uh, his mother was uh, Stanley Ann Dunham, uh, and she was born in Kansas. Um, but uh, they moved on from Kansas, first living in the Seattle area, where she attended high school at Mercer Island High School in Seattle, and then on to uh, Hawaii. And uh, they met in a Russian language class at the University of uh, Hawaii. And uh, that was probably uh, sometime in late uh, 1960. Hmm. Uh, they slipped off uh, to uh, the island of uh, Maui and were apparently uh, uh, married. And uh, soon after that, uh, you know, uh, she became pregnant, and um, uh, uh, that's, uh, you know, Barack Obama. The interesting thing that uh, we found out was that on Mother's Day in 1962, when Barack Obama Jr. was just about nine months old, uh, his father uh, went to the, quote, Hawaii Peace Rally uh, at uh, Alamona Park. It was attended by uh, 250 of the most controversial uh, Marxists at the time, uh, people like Philip Morris, Bertrand Russell, uh, and... uh, Albert Schweitzer, uh, Bertrand Russell, um, and, and uh, uh, interestingly enough, 
also on hand that day was the 35 members from the Young Americans for Freedom that picketed the rally. And uh, it was as a result of that that we were able to identify that uh, Barack Obama Sr. was actually at the rally uh, based on some photographs that were uh, dug up in an old uh, um, dusty YAF newsletter from 1962. Uh, But um, what what people need to realize is this was a really dangerous time in the United States in its relationship with the Soviet Union because... Uh, just six weeks earlier, John Kennedy had met with uh, Nikita Khrushchev in Vienna, and uh, the Soviets had judged him a weak leader, and uh, so they sent uh, uh, missiles uh, to Cuba. And uh, in three months, the world would stand on the brink of war. Communists were infiltrating every institution they could in the United States, uh, and uh, these peace rallies were uh, fronts uh, for those seeking to turn um, Americans uh, against uh, uh, the government. And um, it's interesting that uh, Barack Obama Sr. played a role in that. Hmm. Um, Barack Obama Sr. Um, was uh, Islamic by birth and uh, uh, had uh, uh, came from a very prominent uh, family, That one of the first... Uh, um, I guess fabrications early on in the in the in the Obama presented uh, uh, biography is that uh, you know his father was a goat herder. Well, uh, that should be completely discounted. He came from a very prominent uh, uh, Kenyan family that uh, is high in the government. In fact, uh, uh, his cousin uh, Raul Odinga is currently the prime minister of Kenya. Uh, and had ran for president uh, uh, last year and uh, and lost in a uh, in closely contested race. Uh, and in fact, uh, it was Odinga's supporters that rioted after the election. And uh, you may have seen some of the coverage of uh, at the time uh, because Odinga has uh, is on record as supporting um, Sharia law for Kenya. Hmm. And uh, wow. a lot of the Christians are very. Uh, uh, nervous about that. Uh, um, this, uh, I guess, gets to uh, uh, something that, that we feel is uh, a fundamental uh, basis for uh, um, uh, this discussion of, you know, is Barack Obama African-American? Well, he is African-American in the sense that his mother was an American and his, and his father was African. But he has none of the shared experience with most African Americans. Mm. Most African Americans, uh, you know, their families didn't come to this country by choice. They were shackled and put on a slave ship. And um, usually, the way that they were put on a slave ship is, is they were they were captured and sold by other Africans. And the tribe that uh, Barack Obama is from are notorious slave traders. Hmm. So while most Americans, uh, African-Americans, ancestors were sold into slavery, uh, it would have been um, Barack Obama's ancestors that were actually doing a lot of the selling. Wow. So it's a a very different experience, and and, um, uh, Barack Obama has never really faced any... um, discrimination in his life, uh, whereas, uh, you know, in the South, uh, people even of his own age uh, have dealt with Jim Crow and other things, uh, where he grew up in Hawaii and Indonesia, 
um, there, there was uh, uh, no discrimination whatsoever. In fact, he graduated from a very prominent uh, uh, private school uh, in uh, in Honolulu, uh, where all of the elite uh, children go. So uh, this this whole background story is really a fabrication. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but uh, that's kind of the start of it, and it, it, it goes on from there. Uh, when he left Hawaii, he... Uh, um, uh, went on to uh, Columbia University and then uh, on to Harvard Law School. Well, wait, before um, actually, that... Actually, he, he, went, he went to Occidental, too, so he well, went to Occidental and then Columbia and well, then be- to Harvard Law that, School. Well, before that, his mother, could you tell us a little bit about what you found out about his stepfather and his going to Indonesia and what kind of school he went to? Okay, yes. Uh, he spent a, a good portion of his childhood living outside the United States of America. In fact, he's, he's talked about that as helping him uh, with foreign policy. I don't know how it helps him with foreign policy, but uh, he feels because he was raised outside of America that, uh, that uh, he somehow uh, can connect with uh, foreign leaders more effectively than he can, uh, than, than, than other Americans can. But, uh, yes, he grew up in Indonesia. Not only was his father Islamic, but his his stepfather, uh, and you have to realize uh, there is some speculation that his stepfather actually adopted him. We don't know about any adoption papers because Barack Obama is very fuzzy about that and doesn't want to tell us, but we do know that uh, he went um, by the name of Barry Satoro uh, when he was registered in school, and Satoro was his stepfather's uh, name. And uh, when you look at the school registration papers, he went to a uh, uh, an Islamic school uh, in Indonesia. He was registered Islamic when he went to school. Spent a couple hours a day in Quranic studies, and uh, uh, as recently as last year, with Nicholas Kristof, could quote the entire um, Islamic call to prayer in perfect Arabic. Uh, and told Nicholas Kristof, in fact, he said it was the prettiest sound on earth as sunset, which uh, sent chills through me just mm-hmm. even reading that because uh, the call to prayer is seen uh, by Christians and uh, Jews in areas where uh, they're living under Sharia law as uh, really a sign of oppression. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, talking to uh, people that live under Islam uh, that are not Islamic, uh, they can tell you it's, it's uh, anything but a joyful experience. Yes, and, and in fact, um, in the Islamic religion, um, if you are uh, Islamic and you leave that religion, um, you are supposed to be facing death. Uh, that's right. Uh, Daniel Pipes has written extensively on this very question, uh, he recently had a uh, an article on it in uh, Front Page uh, magazine, which uh, I thought was very illuminating. Uh, most of the Islamic world, if they're asked, they see Barack Obama as either a Muslim or as a um, a convert to Christianity or somebody that uh, uh, has a cr- 
committed an apostasy. Now, some just see him as a Muslim, uh, including Muammar Gaddafi, who uh, uh, said that uh, it's imp- <laughs> said basically, and this is a you know kind of a rough translation: uh, you can't be a Christian and have Hussein as your middle name. <laughs> both both his his first and last names are uh, uh, Arabic in origin. Uh, Barak meaning uh, the blessed one, Hussein meaning the handsome, uh, and uh, they are uh, um, uh, words that uh, are closely identified with uh, Islamic uh, peoples. (laughs) Well, that leaves us with some food for thought for this break. Uh, When we come back, we will continue to hear more of the uh, intensive research that Floyd Brown has discovered in, uh, as he wrote his book, new book, called Obama Unmasked, Did Slick Hollywood Handlers Create the Perfect Candidate? So stay tuned. I'm, I hope that um, you're finding some of this as, uh, as eye-opening and ear-opening as I am. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guest, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today with political consultant Floyd Brown, the author of Obama Unmasked. And you are certainly unmasking him. Um, As I was saying during the break, I think one of the most chilling things that you said was about how his cousin was trying to bring Sharia law into Kenya because, in fact, um, although, you know, not much has been uh, or not anything really has been made of this in the press, um, that is, in fact, in my opinion, what we, the danger that we are facing um, by potentially electing Obama if, if Obama were to be elected president. Um, now, just a caveat, of course, not all Muslims are terrorists, um, but, you know, just to, just to be clear, I always sometimes get carried away, but at the same time, and of course it's politically incorrect to be talking about religion and so on, except that, um, you know, it's not, we're talking about um, Islamic extremism and 9-11, and this is something that would be reasonable to consider. Um, certainly, it seems as though the terrorists want him to win if they were voting. Um, and one of the frustrations that I've had is how the media has not looked into, and I don't know if you've looked into this in your book because I haven't read it yet, but I am looking forward to it, um, the the campaign funding, whether how much uh, the terrorist links have contributed. I mean, Obama. I was reading this morning. What is it? Two hundred and sixty-five million or something that he has gotten in his war chest. And the media apparently has not really looked into how much of that comes from terrorist sympathizers. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, uh, you know, I think uh, it's important to understand that he has had a number of close friends that uh, are just downright anti-Semitic. Um, for example, Rashid Khalidi, who uh, is a University of Chicago professor, and you'll remember Barack Obama was a lecturer there. Um, uh, Khalidi um, uh, actually made the pages of the National Enquirer, which you, uh, <laughs> which you commented on. Uh, Entity blasted Israel, and, um, you know, Khalidi has done work on behalf of the PLO. Uh, and not only did he do work on behalf of the PLO, it was at a time when that organization was labeled by the State Department as a terrorist group. Well, Khalidi um, joined the Obama campaign in 2000 for Senate, and uh, he uh, uh, worked hard uh, for Obama and uh, has been part of that entire Chicago political network. Um, Khalidi's also uh, funneled money to groups such as the Arab American Action Network, and, uh, you know, when you start to look at some of the friends that he's had that are so anti-American, uh, I mean, Louis Farrakhan has publicly endorsed Obama. Uh, he did it at a Nation of uh, Islam conference, and uh, it's important for people to understand that uh, Louis Farrakhan was one of Barack Obama's constituents, not only when he was in the U.S. Senate, but also when he was in the state Senate. And uh, it was said of that state Senate district that no one could win in that district without the endorsement and help of Louis Farrakhan. Mm. And, um, you know, 
Farrakhan's enjoyed a long history uh, with Obama's church. Um, you remember uh, the church that uh, um, the Reverend uh, Jeremiah Wright was the pastor of. Well, uh, they gave a Lifetime Achievement Award to huh. Louis Farrakhan. Wow. And interestingly enough, uh, that Christian church, they call themselves Christian. I, you know, I, I think it's kind of a cult. It's this black liberation theology, which in some ways shares more with Farrakhan's nation of Islam than uh, it does with traditional Orthodox uh, Christianity, uh, because it is, uh, uh, they believe basically if Jesus isn't for blacks and against whites, then um, he's not a just Jesus. And uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very distorted, perverse um, form of Christianity. And, you know, Barack Obama loves, you know, talking about how he's a Christian. He, he did it there at, uh, at that uh, Saddleback Forum yeah. again. But uh, it, it's, uh, in my mind, as a Christian, it's a highly suspect uh, form of, uh, of uh, Christianity. But... Um, you know, Obama continues to employ Farrakhan's people in really high-level positions. Uh, when he was in the state Senate, he had uh, two staffers, and uh, both were members of the Nation of Islam. Uh, and uh, Debbie Schlussel uh, has done a lot of uh, reporting on this. Uh, uh, she's a columnist out of the Detroit area, and, uh, and uh, she has, uh, 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 you know, identified... Uh, Obama's uh, policy director, Audra Wilson, uh, and, uh, and 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 others uh, uh, with uh, the Nation of Islam. So it's uh, it's uh, interesting. He's had a lot of hate spewing friends. Uh, Bill Ayers, William Ayers, is another one. I mean, you can ask the question: What does Barack Obama and Osama bin Laden have in common? And the truthful answer is, they both have friends that have bombed the Pentagon. Huh. <laughs> Isn't that frightening? Yeah. But it's true. Huh. That's a statement of truth. And you won't hear any of this in the mainstream media. But Bill Ayers, or William Ayers, and uh, Barack Obama were on a, on a committee together. And what is the defense? When this was brought out in Jerry Corsi's book, the campaign issued a 41-page rebuttal to the Corsi book. And when, when asked about Ayers, what do they say? Well, you know, it's really not fair to talk about ancient history, that was many, you know, decades ago. Well, you know what, it was only right before 9-11 that William Ayers once again affirmed that bombing and said they hadn't done enough back in the 70s when uh, he was in those radical organizations. So these are people who haven't really changed their minds. Uh, and uh, when you look at the policies that he advocates, and that's something I do extensively in the book, uh, when you when you when you talk about confronting terrorism around the world, well, uh, Barack Obama is going to literally decimate the United States military uh, through funding cuts. Uh, he's going to cut uh, the uh, aircraft carrier, the Gerald Ford, which is already being built in Hampton Roads. He's going to cut back uh, Star Wars and our missile defense shield. Uh, he is going to outsource. Um, uh, many of the military operations to the U.N. and peacekeeping operations, these are things that uh, I think are highly suspect and will put America's security at risk. Yes, and also, talking about things that are suspect, what, what do you think about um, his plans to uh, tie the government 
funding more to religious organizations. I mean, to me, um, regardless of whether that's a good idea in general or not, I, I really didn't get into that, but it seemed like um, that was sort of a way of paving the way to give money to a lot of Muslim organizations. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. Uh, I'm totally against uh, whether you call it uh, uh, Bush's program or Barack Obama's program, this this program of giving money to churches I don't like at all because uh, what it does is it leads to government control of those various organizations because uh, he with the dough always has control. Yes, and, and you were talking about the cousin who um, wanted to establish Sharia law in Kenya. You know, certainly government control over religion brings us closer to that kind of, a, that kind of power over non-Islamic uh, religions as well. Yeah, and, uh, you know, one of the sad legacies of the Bush administration has been, um, I think, uh, uh, the slow erosion of our own individual freedom uh, through, yeah. um, through uh, you know, a number of different uh, uh, executive orders and the, and the massive growth of the Homeland Security Department. And it's one thing uh, when, uh, when that is uh, controlled by... I would say people that, uh, you know, uh, will restrain themselves. I don't have that same confidence uh, uh, when it's in the hands mm-hmm. of Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Now, didn't you also, um, did you ex- interview his sister? Or- uh, no, I did not, but I, what I, I, I did do was there, there's been a number of interviews of his brother and his sister, and I have helped popularize those in America. A lot of the best reporting about Barack Obama is actually being done abroad. In the British papers, uh, the Israelis have done a tremendous job of reporting on Barack Obama and a lot of his connections with uh, the Middle East and terrorism. And uh, uh, what I have done is uh, I've got this website, uh, exposeobama.com, and on that website... I ferret out information from all over the world on Barack Obama, and we share it with a broad American audience. So that's probably where you thought that came from. Uh, I've taken interviews of the sister, interviews of the brother, um, and uh, and have uh, have broadcast those far and wide here on the internet. And they, they say some interesting things. I mean, for example, his brother Malik said uh, that he would still be a good. He would be a friend of the, uh, uh, this is how he said it, uh, he would be a friend of the uh, Jewish people despite his uh, Muslim background. <laughs> That's what his really? brother, his own brother said about him, hmm. or half-brother, um, and uh, yet he runs around telling everybody, I was never Islamic. It's right. a smear to say I was Islamic. Uh, you're lying about me if you ever say I'm Islamic. Well, you know what? You don't spend two hours a day studying the Koran and then, you know, say you've been a Christian from the time you were born. Right. just doesn't make sense. So um, we're probably going to have to take a break, you know, another, <laughs> some moment here. Um, but what I'd like you to, to address in our last segment is how we have been sold, or so many people have been sold, such a bill of goods. With all of this material, you know, all the other countries are, are figuring this out. And um, I'd like you to tell us about the plots that have, uh, why they've come to be and, and how they've sold us 
uh, on this candidate, or not all of us, so, so many people uh, on it. We do need to take a to. Okay, we do need to take a break. We're talking with Floyd Brown. He's the author of Obama Unmasked. Did slick Hollywood handlers create the perfect candidate? And we'll hear more about that when we come back. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host talking today with Floyd Brown, the author of Obama Unmasked. And we could obviously talk for hours. It's I, 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 uh, I have so much that I want to ask you about, but tell us, if you could answer that question, how we've been sold this bill of goods, what Hollywood has, how Hollywood has managed, why and how Hollywood has managed to uh, sell him to us like soap. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the very best storytellers in the world are in Hollywood. Uh, it's the reason they've been so successful. Uh, and some of the very best of those storytellers are the people behind DreamWorks. Uh, and I'm thinking of, uh, um, you know, uh, Spielberg, Geffen, Katzenberg. And uh, they are the most talented uh, at uh, creating imagery and, uh, and telling wonderful stories. And as I told you, the... Obama biography is just that. It is a story. 
and it has been choreographed from the very beginning, uh, and there have been a number of Hollywood uh, people that have been involved in financing the campaign, but also, I think, more important than the financial money that they've given, they have given expertise in the way of marketing and crafting of the message. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think that's where uh, David Geffen has played the most, uh, uh, what shall I say, the most significant role. Uh, tell me, have you ever seen a presidential campaign that had its own rock videos? <laughs> Not that I can have recall. You? Okay, well, um, they have put out a series of rock videos which have been incredibly uh, impactful with young people, uh, the latest of which is called... Uh, uh, the American Prayer. Have you had a chance to see that no, yet? No. Okay. Well, if you go on YouTube and you you search on uh, the American Prayer, you'll see one of the latest videos that's been created uh, by these very talented people um, about uh, Barack Obama, and uh, they have uh, put resources uh, into areas that uh, um, have. Uh, dramatic impact with a group of voters that uh, that haven't really been involved in politics before. Yeah. And so uh, that that uh, has been the big dynamic of change that allowed him to win the Democratic nomination. has been this huge influx of young people where Hollywood and the Hollywood storytellers are, uh, are uh, most effective. Mm. The other key person that we identify in the book is George Soros. Now, Soros uh, has had a tremendous financial impact on the campaign. What most people don't realize is that George Soros has spent uh, upwards of $100 million over the course of the last half decade to build a constellation of liberal organizations, Media Matters, um, the uh, uh, MoveOn.org and, and, and a number of different organizations. Each of those organizations has spent a lot of money, millions and millions of dollars, online building lists of online activists around their various issue pod, whether it's the legalization of drugs, and there's a whole constellation of these different organizations. Well, it is from those groups of email names that Barack Obama was able to start and leverage the funding of his campaign. Uh, and he's had this huge online influx of money. And that money is uh, the result of uh, even more money that was poured into building those lists by uh, Mr. Soros and the different organizations he's worked with. So this is not something that was uh, planned uh, overnight. This is something that uh, probably took uh, at least a half decade or more to uh, plan and execute. Hmm, okay, and what's in it for him? Well, I think uh, they want to change the country. I mean, George Soros uh, has a very active program of uh, wanting to change American foreign policy, policy towards Israel in specific. He wants to legalize drugs, and uh, he uh, has... Uh, I think um, he was early on a supporter of uh, Obama's, and I think that uh, that uh, he has in Obama somebody that uh, he feels he can influence and impact. Mm -hmm. 
that really a lot of this is about relationships and the ability to uh, to uh, to impact uh, and influence people. Yes, that really he would be pulling the strings behind the curtain. Right. Well, so, uh, all very frightening. Um, what, so how now? Your book is just out. What kind of? I mean, are you? Uh, maybe it's hard to tell yet, but. Um, all of this information, and I know there, I'm sure there's so much more in the book than we've been able to cover even in an hour, but um, what kind of reaction are you getting so far? I mean, are you able to get this message out? Well, we're working hard at it. You know, we have ExposeObama.com, our website, and you can order the book there, by the way, if you, if you can't find it. on, It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble. It should be in most major bookstores. Um, but uh, if you can't find it in a bookstore near you, you can definitely find it at exposeobama.com. And uh, we're doing our best to get the information out. Uh, we're working at it every day. I'm spending hours on uh, your radio show and, uh, and dozens of other shows. You know, let me just uh, make a comment about the alternative media. Mm-hmm. Because the mainstream media is so monolithically uh, liberal, um, we have been able to use the alternative media, talk radio, internet radio, um, podcasts, um, uh, YouTube, and uh, uh, alternative uh, websites and email to get the message out. And I think that uh, this race is close because of the work done by that alternative media, not because of the work done by ABC, NBC, and CBS. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have a dead heat on our hands, and uh, it wouldn't be like that if it wasn't for the alternative media. Yes. Um, I I mean, I guess the the challenge is to get the people, to to kind of come full circle, the challenge is to get the people who have their uh, fingers in their ears and are saying na, 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 to actually look at the facts. I mean, you, you must have been, you must have that experience a lot where when you tell people some of these things face to face, um, you know, that they go, really? I didn't know that. Kind of like I've been doing for some of the things that you've been saying. Well, those are the people in the middle. There's other people that just get upset with you. In fact, I posted a bunch of their voicemails on my website <laughs> uh, because uh, we get a lot of uh, backlash from Obama supporters that don't really want. Uh, to uh, hear any of it. They just want to hear the love and adulation of Barack right. Obama. Well, uh, but the people in the middle, they're listening. You know, most people in the United States of America, they really don't start paying a, a much attention to the presidential race until after Labor Day. So uh, uh, we're, in, we're, in, we're, in, we're, in, we're in good shape, I yes, think. Yes, you're positioned well to, um, to, to get it out there. Well, um, I certainly hope that I have helped because um, this is exactly the kind of thing that uh, that I wanted people to know more about. I mean, um, I know about it somewhat through my own uh, connections to people involved in, in terrorism. I don't mean the terrorists themselves, but I mean, you know. Um, fighting uh, the terrorists. Yes, fighting terrorism. Um, and... Uh, we just we just kind of need to get more people to to wake up and look at all of this. So again, the website, and not just to buy the book because, as you said, it's wherever books are sold, but also um, to look at the information that you've been gathering from all around the world that that has a more open media and is getting at the facts as well. So again, that's. Ex- 
exposeobama.com. Please, everybody, check it out. Um, you can listen to this show again. It's going to be in the archives soon after we're off the air here today. And um, and just, I mean, some of this is so, you know, it's, I, I know some of you don't want to believe these things, but um, I'm sure Mr. Brown would not be staking his reputation on uh, a bunch of flimflam. So thank you very much for joining us today and for sharing all of your research and information. Again, the book is called Obama Unmasked, Did Slick Hollywood Handlers Create the Perfect Candidate? And the answer is yes, except it's perfect until uh, Obama gets exposed and all of us kind of realize the true story before it's too late. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.